One month until the trade deadline, I will explain to you everything you need to know about coming up with a potential trade for the Boston Celtics. It's coming up right now on the Wednesday Locked On Celtics podcast. Millie's Let's go! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance at All the real Celtics fans in attendance This the truth like 34 This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars The crowd goes crazy Most in-depth coverage on the daily Mainly podcast royalty The content kings When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings Focus like Danny at the deadline Global with it got a local feel like the red line The blue line, the green line Play it in between time I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime And press play When the F's done I can't wait until the next day Trying to stay in tune with the C's That's the best way Wednesday hump day, and I'm going to get you through it. I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com. I cover the Boston Celtics on a full-time basis. So I'm there when they have these little practices and shoot-arounds, and I talk to the guys and everything. So hopefully, if you're a new listener, you get to appreciate a little bit of insight from somebody who's there on a regular basis. All of you regular listeners, shouts to you. Welcome back. I'm appreciative of uh, you incorporating this podcast into your daily routine. want to start with a shout-out, Jesse Knotts. Shout-out to you. You bought me a taco, so you get a shout-out on the podcast. And I shouted you out on Instagram with a picture of the taco. I think that's how it's going to work. You Venmo me a couple of bucks, like really a couple of bucks. I'm not looking for a whole platter or anything like that. Literally a couple of bucks. I'll go get a taco. I'll take a picture with it. I'll post it on Instagram and I'll shout you out on the podcast. I win. I get a taco. You win. If you want a shout out, two bucks, two bucks, a shout out, but I will get a taco. Like I'm not selling shout outs for money. I just a taco. So shout out to Jesse Knott. <laughs> In this podcast, I am going to go through what I wrote on MassLive.com. Again, I cover the team on MassLive.com slash Celtics. So Go to MassLive.com slash Celtics to read my full piece, which is called Boston Celtics Trades, the Assets, Players, and Targets in Play, and Why It's Tough to Make a Deal. Now, I'm going to go through the whole thing here uh, on this podcast. It's kind of like a supplemental thing. So in case I forget some of it, just go read the piece. Plus, you know, the clicks help me. You know, lets my boss know I'm doing a good job. You know, so please go click. (laughs) Fine for me. So... Everybody wants to suggest a trade and, and a lot of people have different ideas and it's like one of the things that comes up on Twitter or other social media or talk radio, whatever. Everybody wants to talk trade is a month until the trade deadline, but you have to really understand everything that's in play. So I'm going to run it all down and it starts with what do the Celtics have to offer, not who's out there. Let's just look at what the Celtics really have to offer. So you don't go buy a house and say, all right, I like this house. Can I get this house? You say, this is what money I have. This is how I can get the money. And let's see what's in our price range. So the Boston Celtics, when you're making a trade, you have assets, you have players, okay? Draft picks or players. That's what you have. You can throw in a little bit of cash. Uh, there's like a couple million dollar limit. Uh, I forget what the exact number is. I think it's a couple million bucks. But like if they, if a team includes a player that another team wants to buy out, 
You can include cash, which doesn't add value. You can't say we're throwing in $2 million in cash and that matches salaries. You can't do that. It's just an incentive like a draft pick. It just adds a sweetener. But teams can do that. But that doesn't really matter right now. What the Celtics have is their own draft pick. So they can trade their first round pick. There's a thing called the Stepien rule. You can't trade your pick in consecutive years. So the Celtics can't say, I will give you the 2020, 21, and 22 first round picks. Can't do that. What they can do is offer a pick swap on opposite years, which we've seen. So the Celtics, if they wanted to, can say, I will give you the 2020 first round pick, a pick swap in 21. So if you want our spot, we can switch places with you. And then you get the 2022 pick, you know, and there's, you can only trade so many first round picks, but the the Celtics are not in any scenario where they can, they're going to do that. So they have their own pick. They have the Memphis pick, which is in this upcoming draft. It's protected in the top six. So if it falls anywhere from seven lower, the Celtics get it. If it doesn't, Memphis keeps it. And then they, the Celtics get Next year's pick from Memphis, no matter where it falls. They also have the Milwaukee first round pick, which is protected one through seven. It doesn't matter. Milwaukee's the best team in the East. They could finish with the NBA's best record. So that's going to fall way at the bottom. The Celtics will, unless the unthinkable happens, the the, the Celtics are going to get that pick from Milwaukee. It's going to be somewhere in the, in the low 20 somethings, maybe even closer to like 27, 28, 29, somewhere in that range. They could get a couple of extra second round picks, but it doesn't matter. So the Celtics have the potential to offer a team three first round picks in this upcoming draft. Uh, Potentially, maybe. So that's the assets. Player-wise, you have to match salaries. Now, the rule is you have to match a salary plus 125%. You have have, uh, like a 25% wiggle, wiggle room. So if... A player is making $10 million. You can trade for a guy who's making 25% more than that or less than that and still be plus $100,000. That's the rule. That's what the salary matching rule is. So if you're trading a guy, if, if you're trading for a guy who makes $12 million, well, you can, that works in the, in the, um, if you have a $10 million player because it's within the range. So, 25% either way plus $100,000. So that can match the salary. The Celtics have in their top tier of money, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, both making about $32.7 million. Kemba Walker's untradeable, right? We can all agree on that. Below that, you have Marcus Smart making 12.5, Jason Tatum making 7.8, Jalen Brown making 6.5. Jalen Brown is untradeable because by signing that extension, it triggers a rule. So don't include Jalen Brown in any of your trade scenarios when you're calling or suggesting suggesting anything. Suggesting anything. Jeez. Um, because the rule that it triggered is he uh, when he is being traded out, the incoming team, like the new team, let's say he went to, I don't care, the Knicks, uh, they would consider the average salary. Of the entire extension plus this year. And that's that's a lot. The Celtics, by ta- taking back, can only take back the current year salary for J- Jalen Brown. So the, the matching is different on both sides. It makes it almost impossible to trade. So he's out. Forget it. 
Jason Tatum, he's out too because there are no superstars out there. He was in uh, Anthony Davis talks. That's the level of player that you're looking at for Jason Tatum to be included. So he's not going to be included in anything because Giannis is not getting traded. If Giannis was on the table, then yeah, Jason Tatum would be on the table. I hear people talk about Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns not even getting traded. Even if you think, yes, I would trade Jason Tatum for Carl Anthony Towns right now. Carl Anthony Towns is in the first year of a five-year extension. Even if he's pissed off, he's going to get sat down in the in the Minnesota front office and be like, all right, dude, relax. You're here for the next few years at least. We're going to work together. We're going to figure this out. But you just got to chill for now. And he, he's just... He can't sit out. He he'll get fined. Like it's just not gonna. It's not gonna work that way. So he is not getting traded. They're 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 not moving him now, even if he's disgruntled. So throw that out. And so by virtue of no megastar type of player available, Jason Tatum's not getting traded. So that leaves two guys: Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart, as like the big numbers. If you need to match a big salary, is Gordon Hayward. Uh, Marcus Smart's there to kind of make numbers work. I came up with a number of $16.6 million as the line for the player that includes a Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, or doesn't. And the reason why I came up with $16.6 million, a little bit arbitrary, but that's the number where if you combine Daniel Tice, Ennis Cantor, and Romeo Langford, who happen to be the next three salaries as far as the next three biggest salaries after Jalen Brown, Tice makes five million, Cantor makes four point seven, Langford makes three, almost three point five. Those three guys, one hundred twenty-five percent plus hundred thousand dollars, can get a guy at about sixteen point six million. That doesn't mean that's going to be a trade offer that whatever team has a guy like that would take. But all I'm saying is it's possible. So if you're looking at a guy. And he makes more than $16.6 million, then you're going to have to probably include Marcus Smart. Or, as you get higher, Gordon Hayward. Okay? Below $16.6 million, you can start tinkering around with the Ennis Cantor, uh, Daniel Tice, other salaries to see if you can get close. All right? Now, it has to be realistic. The other team has to want what you're giving up, okay? Just because Tice Cantor and Langford work for $16.6 million doesn't mean that that other team is going to take that for $16.6 million, okay? So that's who the players have. Everybody else is potential filler. Whether you agree with the possibility of that person being traded, it's just a matter of your appetite. Grant Williams, $2.3 million in his contract. If you are inclined to move Grant Williams. I am not necessarily, but if you are, there you go. There are other guys in that range below Langford that are all somewhere in the 2.5, starting with Vincent Poirier, all the way down to Javante Green, who's making about 900,000. His guarantee, his contract is now guaranteed. Okay. So let's take a break. Let's digest this. Okay. I'll just recap before we go to break. The Celtics have their own draft pick plus potentially two more first-round picks and maybe a couple of extra seconds. So they have draft picks that they can trade. They have their own. They can set into motion multiple first-round picks moving down forward. So they have draft picks. The players 
Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker are off limits. Those guys are not getting moved. So anything above $16.6 million for an incoming player, you'll need to include Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward. Below that, you can maybe piece together a trade that doesn't include them. Chew on that. Going to take a break. Going to come back. Take a closer look at some of the possibilities that are out there. It's next on the Locked On Celtics Podcast. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now that I've laid everything out, and I'll make sure I'm clear on everything again, but now we can look at why certain players are not, it's not easy to trade for these guys. Okay? So we, we know that we've got draft picks, plenty of draft picks. We know that we've got players... If they're going to trade away one of their core pieces, Marcus Smart makes 12, $12.5 million. Gordon Hayward makes 32 almost $33 million. Those are the guys that will have to go in a deal for a big number, which means, you know, uh, rumor number one, I keep bringing this up, Andre Drummond, okay? We've, I've, I've said what I've got to say about Andre Drummond, but here he is. People still bring him up. Fine. $27 million for Andre Drummond. He's got a player option for next year. He's looking for an extension. So when you're considering this trade, you say, all right, well, I'll just give up Gordon Hayward. Maybe you're a Gordon Hayward hater. Ah, but he can't do that because Detroit is one of the teams that's hard capped. So they trigger, there are a couple of triggers for hard caps. It doesn't really matter, but. Celtics are hard cap because they have a sign and trade for Kemba Walker. That triggers a hard cap. Uh, Detroit used a couple of their exceptions, which triggers a hard cap. Uh, that you don't really, I'm not going to get into it. It's too much. All you know is by just swapping Andre Drummond's 27 million for uh, Gordon Hayward's 32.7, that puts you above the hard cap. And that's impossible. You can't do it. There's, the hard cap is literally no, not a cent more than the hard cap. So you can't do that. You can potentially move multiple players. So you can do Gordon Hayward and Vincent Poirier for Drummond and Thon Maker, for example. That works. Uh, I don't know that the Celtics are interested in that. I don't think they're interested in that at all. I would say that Gordon Hayward and Marcus Smart, while not completely untouchable, are basically untouchable. And if they were made available, this isn't the type of deal that would help the Celtics because you're giving up a playmaker in Gordon Hayward and you're bringing back, yeah, he's a big, he rolls, he rebounds, he can defend, he can't defend Joel Embiid. He gets destroyed by Joel Embiid. So it kind of defeats the purpose of giving things up for a guy who's seven feet tall like Andre Drummond. If you're not going to get a guy 
that can defend Embiid, then what's the point of giving up all of these pieces? I mean, you could piece together something else. You can do Marcus Smart and uh, maybe Daniel Tice and, and, and fill in a couple of things. Uh, the other reason why I went with the $16.6 million is it was three guys and you're not going to you're not really going to get anything more than a 3 for 1. You can't do 5 for 1 or even 5 for 2. The 3 for 1 even that is a bit much because one of those guys is probably going to get cut and so you'd have to throw in the cash. So a Poirier thing if you do three players and one of them is Poirier you'd have to throw in the cash cuz they'd probably cut Poirier. Is that a deal that Boston makes? Do you give up Marcus Smart, the heart and soul of your team, the heart and soul of your defense to bring in Andre Drummond? I would say no. Okay. Uh, I just don't see the fit there uh, considering what they give up, considering that by trading for him, you're essentially agreeing to pay him long-term because you're not going to give up Marcus Smart or Gordon Hayward to just get this guy for a year. That's no point. If, if you believe in that, if you believe in having the big come in, then you're believing in paying him long-term. I just don't see the Celtics paying him long-term. I don't think anybody should pay Drummond long-term. $27 million is already too much as it is. So that's my opinion on Andre Drummond. The other guy in the same type of boat is Kevin Love with the Cavaliers, who makes $29 million. So now the problem with him is not only does he make $29 million, he's under contract for three more years after this. So you get three more seasons of Kevin Love, that takes him into his mid-30s. For a guy that, sure, he can score, but is he defending? You're going to, again, have to give up Gordon Hayward. Now, they can do that, but flip it around. Does Cleveland want Gordon Hayward? I don't know. I don't know if they want Gordon Hayward. They could just say, we'll take Gordon Hayward for one year, maybe try to convince him, but then we're out from underneath those big contracts and Hayward could go be a free agent. But that, that, that's one possibility. Who do the Celtics send in addition to Gordon Hayward? They would need other players. You're not getting rid of Kevin Love, as disgruntled as he is, for just cap relief. You want to get something. So Romeo Langford, you can do Hayward and Langford. That works. Um, you can throw in a couple of picks. Maybe you throw in the Milwaukee pick. But doesn't it feel like you're starting to give up a lot for a guy that's really, really pissed off and wants out of there? Um, I just feel like Hayward going out with a young player, with a pick for Kevin Love, who will score and and rebound some, but not defend at all. It hurts your defense. It takes away a playmaker. Uh, and it, it doesn't it doesn't add the type of value that you're losing, in my opinion, with Kevin Love. So I'm going to pass on this as well. But you can see for any one of these guys, these big money guys, this is the type of discussion. Are you willing to give up Gordon Hayward, the playmaking that he has, the defensive versatility that he has, the chemistry that's worked with this team so far. Um, we've seen when he's on the floor, generally speaking, the offense is better with him on the floor. And 
you you can have him along with one of the slashers, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, and kind of stagger with those guys uh, a combination of Kimball Walker and the other wing that the Celtics have, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. So bringing, bringing uh, Kevin Love in, giving that up to bring in Kevin Love, it's not ideal. Uh, and then finally, the third rumor is Davis Bertans of the Washington Wizards. Now, this guy is somebody that uh, I, mean, I would love. A lot of people would love him. He's 27 years old. He's 6'10". He shoots 43.5% from three. Uh, he makes $7 million. Gettable. Totally gettable. What's he gonna? What's he worth? And this is this is another. This is the hardest part when you're coming up with these trades. What's Davis Bertans worth? What is Washington looking for? Do they want younger guys for him? I mean, he's he's a guy that they could use. Now he doesn't play great defense, so you're not getting him to guard Joel Embiid. That's not your. That's not your goal here by trading for Bertans. What you're getting him for is tinkering on the bench. You're trying to add somebody on the bench. So to get Bertans, what's Washington looking for? They probably want some kind of pick. Okay. Is it a first rounder? You're not giving up the Memphis pick for Davis Bertans. Okay. You're just not. So do they take the Milwaukee pick? Does Boston give up their own pick? Do you give up second rounders? Are those valuable? They probably want some kind of young player. Grant Williams? I'm not giving up Grant Williams. I'm sorry. Romeo Langford? Carson Edwards? One of those guys? I mean, it's possible. There is a trade that works where if they were interested, if they valued Shemi Ojale, which they don't probably... But Shemi Ojale, Vincent Poirier, and a first rounder works financially. Boston would easily do that. If you, if you package those guys, uh, Poirier, Ojale, and the Milwaukee pick, I think that is, from Boston's perspective, yeah, sure. You plug Bertans in, Poirier isn't playing. He's broken his finger, and he was never really cracking the rotation anyway. The Milwaukee first rounder is going to be at the end of the first round, so that's I don't want to say it's inconsequential, but it's a, a piece that they could they they could do without. You plug Bertans onto the bench, and all of a sudden you've got a scoring big that you can throw in there, maybe as part of even one of your closers. If you're behind and you need a stretch big out there, you can plug him in there. I mean, defensively he's going to be a problem, but yeah, that's a, a move Boston would make, but. What's Washington looking for? I don't know that that's enough from Washington's perspective. I feel like other players, other teams are going to have players and picks that might be a little bit better, that might be a little bit higher. Teams that may be sitting there in the 20th, projected to be in the you know maybe late teens, 20, just outside of the lottery that could be in the bidding for Bertans. So it really depends on what does Washington value? Does Washington value any of these young guys? Do they value Carson Edwards? Do they value if if the Celtics are willing to give up Langford? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they would be. I mean, he's a lottery pick. 
So I don't know. I don't think that they're willing to give up Grant. But what do they value? What does the team giving up these players, how, how much do they value this guy? There's a potential deal for Bertans there. It's doable, but difficult because I just don't know that Boston's going to give up any of those picks. I did come up with a name that I would consider and might be gettable. Talk about that when we come back here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Follow us on our social channels at LOCeltics on Twitter and at LockdownCeltics on Instagram. So I've settled on one name that I think is possibly gettable. And we've we've gone through a lot and we've had conversations over the past weeks about who might be out there. And it's always been a struggle. I've seen this name kind of thrown around and... I feel like uh, I this would be this is a maybe maybe the most realistic possibility to bolster the Celtics bench without giving up too too much. It's Nemanja Bialica from Sacramento. Now Bialica is six ten. He's thirty almost thirty two years old. He's averaging eleven eleven and a half points, six rebounds. He shoots pretty well. He shoots over 40% from three. Uh, he's not dominating a lot of games, although he has breakout ability. Um, the Kings are struggling, <laughs> to say the least. They are. Um, they need some help. They need, I'm not saying they need to rebuild. They need to continue their rebuild. Bielitsa probably doesn't fit their overall timeline. So giving him up and using him to acquire some assets is something that's smart. Okay. You got a guy that's going to be 32 this year who, uh, is playing well, shooting well, and it's not part of your long-term plan. So why not use him to pick up a draft pick? Maybe a young player, maybe a useful player, maybe a guy that fits more in your timeline. That, Poirier, Ojale plus a pick deal works for Bielitsa because Bielitsa makes uh, just under $7 million. And he's not even guaranteed for next year. If the Celtics were to trade for him, they could guarantee him the $7.1 million next year. But that's it. So under contract for the rest of this year and under control for next year if they want him. Okay? I, I think for a stretch big... Again, not a great defender, but a guy that's capable of drilling shots. And you go back over the past uh, few weeks, he's got a 27-point game where he shot 5 of 7 from 3. Earlier in the season, he had a 30-point game where he shot 4 of 7 from 3. He's not afraid to shoot. He's willing to take them. He can make them. Uh, He can rebound a little bit. Uh, he's, He's a guy that I think could really, really be a difference maker off the bench. You bring Bielitsa off the Celtics bench, that would be, uh, I think, a great pickup for the Boston Celtics. Of course, obviously, what do the Kings want? I would 
gladly give up the Milwaukee pick. They could say, we got a first rounder for Bielitsa. I don't care about the Milwaukee pick. It's an end of the first round type of pick. You don't have to add protections to it. It's right there. You know, health. I would throw in some of maybe a second round pick, a first and a second for Bielitsa. One of those picks that there's this weird kind of Atlanta owes owes a pick to it's either going to Philly or us. I I, I don't know. But I, I wouldn't be opposed to that if it's Ojale and Poirier and they were interested in Ojale. Now Ojale, remember in in uh Sacramento in the game Sacramento won, Ojale had a pretty decent game. And they might say, hey, look, here, here's a guy that plays better defense. Maybe he's a guy that can help them more. He's going to have more opportunity there. He can help them play better defense. He can go out there and be a 3 and D guy. If they can promise him 25 minutes, that maybe that works for them. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what they might be thinking. But that that's a deal that I would look into. Do you, I wouldn't give up any, any young player of any consequence. Uh, Carson Edwards, if, if it had to be anybody, but that's, that's a, that's a lot to ask for a guy like Bielitsa who can really, really play well, but who's also, again, a 32 year old guy who is they're They're, they're probably not going to get really much for him anyway. To say that they got a first-round pick out of it, I think they do it. So if I'm Danny Ainge, that's who I'm targeting. Manja Bielica. And we get a Serbian guy. And as a bonus, as a bonus, it would really, really tweak Sixers fans because he was going to be a guy. He signed, he was agreed to go to Philly. Then he backed out, said, eh, I'm, I'm going to go overseas. And then he ended up signing with Sacramento. And so if Sacramento sends him to Boston, then a guy that Philly could really have used, like they really could use Bielitsa right now. They need a shooter and have a guy that size to more size and be a shooter on that team. Oh my God, that would be perfect for the Sixers to have him go to Boston would just be the ultimate twist of the knife for Sixers fans there. And again, he could really help. You mean the Celtics, it would be another stretch big. You would have back-to-back stretch bigs. You could use him and and Daniel Tice. I mean, there's there's a potential for size. You could actually play them side by side if you really wanted to go with height and draw extra size away from the rim. If you really want to clear some space, that that's a possibility. You play him and Tice together and park them out in the three-point line and get some of the size from, let's say, a Philly. I know defensively, eh, iffy, but you would, if they wanted to go big, you would still have to respect both Tice and Bielitsa's shooting, Bielitsa especially. And if you had Kemba, Jason, and Jalen, or Hayward in there, clear some space for those guys, run an offense, drive and kick. I mean, there, there's something there. So... I've settled on it. I've talked myself even more into it. Target Nemanja Bielica. You got a month to do it, Danny Ainge. That's my guy. <laughs> I just came up with this today. Now all of a sudden I'm like totally married to it. So we'll see. Like I said, Sacramento could be a seller. You can read all of this at masslive.com 
slash Celtics. I hope you do. Uh, it took me a lot, a lot of uh, thoughts, a lot of research to put this together. So go ahead and give me that click. If you're a new listener, go ahead and please subscribe to this podcast. It would really, really help, help me out. And you'd get the show directly to your device every day. Regular listeners, five-star rating and a good review. Please, please, please. It really does help. And share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.